Welcome to the Business of Dairy podcast. I'm your host, Sheena Carter. With a national focus on reducing dairy greenhouse gas emission intensity by 30% by 2030, farm greenhouse gas emissions are currently getting a lot of attention. This month, we take a look at what has been happening with emissions on New South Wales dairy farms through the lens of our Dairy Farm Monitor project. My guest for this discussion is my colleague Zita Ritchie, who will be familiar to regular listeners and who also hosted podcast 26 titled Dairy and Carbon Emissions, What Does It All Mean? Which I encourage you to listen to if you haven't already, as it expands on some of the concepts and terminology discussed in this episode. And please note, this discussion looks at the performance of New South Wales Dairy Farm Monitor Farms and is not representative of the emissions profile of the New South Wales industry as a whole but simply of the participating farms in the project. Welcome to the Business of Dairy podcast, Zita. The topic of carbon is one that you're passionate about and you commit a lot of your work time in this in your role. So it's a pleasure to be able to discuss this topic with you. Yeah, it's always great to be back on the podcast, Sheena. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I really do like working in this space and I really enjoy talking to industry and farmers about it. So yeah, thanks for having me. Excellent. So you're directly involved in Dairy Farm Monitor and have been for the last few years as a data collector for New South Wales. And this year you've also contributed to our annual report that we publish each year once we've finalised all the results and you wrote the greenhouse gas emissions section in that, um, which we're going to discuss. And I'll put a link in the show notes signposting the page numbers so that people can find that if they would like to have a look. But um, I've already signposted listeners to a previous episode on carbon emissions for dairy farmers that you did with Blake and and Aaron Simmons, but I feel for the purpose of this podcast, we still need to just clarify some terminology and concepts before we launch into our discussion. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. So for really a more comprehensive overview of greenhouse gas emissions in dairy and we kind of discuss the systems in more detail with um, Aaron and Blake, feel free to refer to that. But you're right, I think with this information, this topic, it's always good to revise and and recap the key things because there is a lot of information out there. And, um, you know, when you're not as familiar with the topic, it's it's kind of easy to get a bit of overwhelmed with it. So it's always good just to kind of nut out the key, the key points for sure. Yeah, and it is a complex space, but I guess in terms of greenhouse gases, we've got three gases that can, or three gases that contribute to emissions. Can you briefly explain uh, what these gases are and where we find them on on farm? So we've got three main greenhouse gases of interest, really, for in agriculture, and more importantly for dairy systems, which we're talking about. So we've got methane, nitrous oxide, and carbon dioxide. So we've probably all heard about a fair bit about carbon dioxide you know, and largely emitted from, you know, fossil fuel usage and, and other through other natural processes too. But the other two gases of interest in agricultural systems really is methane and nitrous oxide. And the reason that they're quite unique in a sense is that they've got a much higher global warming potential than carbon dioxide. And mm-hmm. really that's really why we're interested in trying to reduce these across the board in agriculture. So for methane, so methane from in a dairy farm is actually the largest contributor of the emissions profile for a dairy farm and most livestock based industries too and in dairy they contribute about 67 to 68% of greenhouse gas emissions on a dairy farm and this is largely due to the proportion of methane produced from enteric methane so it's burped or belched out from from the digestion processes in the rumen and then the second being nitrous oxide so 
We've got sources include, you know, nitrous and fertilisers and also, you know, nitrous oxide released through processes in manure and the soils as well. So they're the three key gases that we're interested in. I mentioned carbon dioxide. So that's, you know, through uses of electricity, fuel and diesel and petrol kind of usage on farm as well. So that's kind of the three key gases. But when we talk about greenhouse gas emissions on a farm, we often refer to the terminology carbon dioxide equivalents. So CO2E. As I mentioned, methane and nitrous oxide, they've got a higher warming potential over different time frames. So to kind of standardise those gases, so we're kind of comparing apples and apples, we call them CO2E. So you'll hear that frequently referred to or written um, when we're talking about this topic. So there, the nitrous oxide and methane is converted by calculation to a carbon dioxide. Exactly. So over a, exactly over a hundred year time scale. And the reason that we use that is because when we emit, a, you know, a bit of CO2 into the atmosphere, it's, you know, stays in the atmosphere for 100 years. So we kind of convert those warming potentials of um, methane and nitrous oxide to the CO2 equivalent. Excellent. That's a great explanation. Thank you. So look, we've got, we've got very good industry data on emissions profiles for dairy farms. And you've just indicated, you know, 68% methane generally across a, a dairy business. And there's good resources available. If I'll put a link in the show notes. Dairy Australia has a 2023 report on you know, average emissions profile for the dairy industry, but this is average data. Uh, so if we're an individual farm, though, we're going to have our own unique level of emission, and that's going to be dependent on a lot of variables. Uh, can you outline what some of these variables are? It's complex. Yeah, no, that's right. And so, as I mentioned before, you know, on a dairy farm, typically, you know, 67 to 68% is contributed from methane. And, you know, so farms generally, dairy farms, you know, follow the same kind of emissions profile, but each individual farm will have its own unique footprint. And that'll vary from year to year and based on different inputs and how the production systems run. And, you know, this can be calculated through industry calculators. And for dairy, we have the Australian Dairy Carbon Calculator. And to come up with that carbon footprint figure, your emissions baseline figure, it requires a number of inputs like you mentioned or variables. And so the key things that we need or are looking for to ascertain what that figure is for the farm, we're looking at things like milk production, so litres per cow of milk solids for the year, um, also live weight of the different animals on the farm, so cows, um, heifers, bulls, that kind of thing. The type of feeding system, so it'll be also influenced about pasture base versus TMR. And this is largely driven through feed quality as well. So looking at the digestibility of the different feeds and that influences methane production, enteric methane. So the more digestible a diet is, the more efficient and the less methane we get produced. Also, we're looking at effluent management, impacting emissions. So the amount of effluent either through manure and urine deposited directly on the pasture versus being captured on a feed pad or in a contained housing system. And then also looking at different inputs. So high levels of inputs depending on amount of purchase feed, fuel, electricity or fertiliser use as well. So, yeah, I think once we put all those pieces of the puzzle together, that helps us kind of determine what that overall footprint figure is for the farm. Yeah, there's lots of moving parts there, isn't there? Um, And I guess apart from perhaps having an ability to modify some of those factors that you've just mentioned, which might increase or decrease your emissions depending on what you do, There's also ways in which greenhouse gases can be captured on-farm to reduce total emissions. Can you touch on some of these? Yeah, definitely. I think the most helpful place to start is looking at the system and what 
I think there's a lot of efficiencies that we can make through better management practices to start with that actually is really useful to reduce emissions as well. So looking at that side of the business first, I think is the most important. But as you mentioned, there's ways to capture or what we call store carbon. So this is through what we call carbon sequestration. And that refers to the kind of the practice or activity that helps remove carbon or carbon dioxide and lock it up into a longer term kind of storage. And that's often through, you know, trees and also in soil organic matter, which is what we call soil carbon partially. So there are opportunities there. And depending on the farm, like some farms have areas on the farm with trees and depending on the age of the trees and species, this can be factored in to the overall carbon balance on the farm and the emissions profile. So yeah, it's important to kind of put all those pieces together to get the overall figure for the farm. Yep. So that's another unique aspect. Some farms are going to have more uh, access to timbered country than other farms, Mm. I guess, particularly in our high value coastal areas where land is expensive. There are perhaps less trees on farm, but you know, it's going to be case by case. Now we've mentioned, well, I guess we've really been looking at on-farm level, but there's also a contribution from pre-farm emissions. What are pre-farm emissions and yeah, why are we looking at them? That's a very good question. So when we're looking at the overall emissions on the farm, we're looking at all the different sources and it's related to the activities and the things that we're doing on farm for milk production. When we talk about pre-farm emissions, we also include the emissions associated with farm inputs, so such as fuel and fertiliser. And these pre-farm emissions are included in the carbon footprint, so they can be traced through the supply chain. And look, some terminology that we use is like the pre-farm emissions are what we call scope three emissions. So it's allowing us to kind of track those emissions through the supply chain. And that helps us kind of ascertain what the overall emissions is for the farm. And that's where those are included there. So I hope that clarifies that. But the Australian Dairy Carbon Calculator does include pre-farm emissions. So that's why we need information around, you know, the amount of fodder purchased, fertiliser purchased, that kind of thing, which helps us give that kind of pre-farm, what we call embedded emissions figure Mm -hmm. into that overall number. Okay. So we've got multiple things contributing to our emissions and various opportunities on farm to reduce those with concentrating on-farm activities. And we then come up with our, our net farm emissions. So we've got our gases that we're contributing and opportunities where we're reducing the level of emissions. And then when we're talking about or reporting what our emissions are, we express it as either tonnes of carbon dioxide equivalents per farm, so total tonnes emitted, or tonnes of carbon dioxide equivalent per tonne of fat and protein corrected milk. Some bit of interesting terminology. Can you explain these for us, please? Yeah, sure. Okay. So we just want to think about, and there's two different kind of measures or how we reflect it. So we're looking at total farm emissions, and really this is just the sum of all the different emission sources on farm or subtracting anything else that's helping to remove some emissions like trees or that kind of thing to give us our total farm emissions figure. So typically with this kind of figure, you know, larger farms will likely have a higher number because it's driven by higher numbers of cows and and inputs, that kind of thing. The second way we can look at it is an emissions intensity. And this means we're measuring against a unit of output. So in the case of dairy, that's a kilogram or a tonne of carbon dioxide equivalent per tonne or kilogram of fat and protein corrected milk. So it helps us to give this kind of measure. So I find that figure more useful in a lot of cases, especially when we're trying to looking to compare maybe between farms, between systems, between countries. It's an efficiency measure at the end of the day. And that's where the target, you know, you mentioned at the start, Shana, about 
the Australian dairy industry has a target of reducing emissions intensity by 30% by 2030. So looking at that figure, you know, we're trying to produce more milk or the same amount of milk with a lower emissions intensity figure. And look, a lot of supply chains and markets are actually looking at it from that perspective and trying to source lower emissions intensity products. So I think Mm. that's also a useful way to look at it. And for dairy, typically, look, we get a slight range, but typically an average kind of figure for an Australian dairy farm emissions intensity is usually one kilogram of CO2e per kilogram of fat and protein corrected milk or a ton. Either way, you look at it that way. But I hope that explains that a bit a bit better there. <laughs> yep. Excellent. Thank you. And I guess, you know, we've covered a lot in the last 10 or so minutes around terminology, but I think it's important. The purpose is to sort of discuss what we've seen through our dairy farm monitor results. So uh, most people would be familiar with dairy farm monitor in that it's a physical and financial analysis of business performance. And we use data from very generous farms in New South Wales who open up their books to us to do a business analysis. But a lot of the information that's collected in farm monitor, a lot of the physical information helps generate for the farm monitor farm, their emissions profile as well. So um, obviously we're collecting things like you've mentioned before, zeta our milk production, our cow number, live weight, reporting on tonnes of purchased feed and fertiliser, concentrate, all those types of things. So these are some of the key inputs that are used when we're calculating our farm emissions. Yeah, do you want to talk a bit more about that from a, a farm monitor perspective? Yeah, and that's right. I mean, it's fantastic. So for those participating farms in Dairy Farm Monitor, they're getting that kind of emissions output as well as their physical and financial information. But if you're not in DFMP, you can you know, calculate your own carbon footprint. So as I mentioned, we've got the Australian Dairy Carbon Calculator, or you can actually do it in DairyBase as well. So if you've already got a DairyBase account, you can access and get your emissions profile that way as well. But it is fantastic that you know participating is one avenue to collect your emissions footprint. Like you mentioned, they're collecting additional details there to generate that profile for them. Yeah, and I guess some of those additional ones are around the power usage, uh, irrigation and shed electricity usage, and also the fuel usage. So in the Farm Monitor report, there's a a section where we report on total emissions across the data set. So we just need to also clarify that the Farm Monitor report isn't a report on the New South Wales emissions. It's reflective of, well, for the 22-23 year, it's reflective of the 36 farms that were in the project. And those farms represent about 7% of our New South Wales industry. So it's just a bit of an insight into what we're seeing amongst that group of farms. So in terms of the methodology, and obviously it's the same as the Australian Dairy Carbon Calculator, but can you talk a bit about the methodology? Yeah, sure. And in recent years, there's been a few changes made within the Dairy Farm Monitor project so that it does align with the Australian Dairy Carbon Calculator. And so this has included things like capturing tree plantation areas and you know reporting specific details around how effluent is managed. And this is really important because, I mean, over time, Figures are updated to align with the national um, methodologies and the national inventory. So every year, you know, the, the Australian government has to report on on emissions sources across all industries. And as more research and things are updated, those methodologies are improved to refine those figures and factors that we're using. So that's why we have seen different changes to DFMP and how we've collected some of the emissions data. Yeah. So I think some of those changes have sort of been the in in recent years. You've mentioned. We're now capturing how manure is actually handled on farm as of this year. So previously we were using a default 
calculation based on a state, which for New South Wales, it was really based on a pasture-based system. And we know we've got lots of different systems within New South Wales from, you know, pasture-based all the way through to total mixed ration where cows are housed and spending all of their lactation house. So their manure is being handled very differently. It's not actually being deposited on pastures at all. It's all being contained. So that affects our emissions. And the other thing that we've done is capturing fuel usage. So we've always captured fuel usage, but it's not necessarily captured the fuel that's been used on farm by contractors when they come on. So we've got an estimate of that as well. Yeah, that's right. So it's accounting for I guess it's all those little updates are giving us a more uh, a clearer and hopefully more accurate picture of the total emissions on farm. Yep. Yeah, and I guess so when we when people look at the graphs in the report, it's important to remember that there have been some changes in the methodology, which will have mm. some impact on on that trend line. But you know, we spoke a bit earlier about the average emissions profile from an Australian dairy industry's perspective, but now we can talk about the emissions profile from the New South Wales Farm Monitor data set, remembering it's the Farm Monitor data set, not New South Wales. So what can you tell us about the performance in the the 23 financial year? Yeah, we mentioned before about kind of the two different measures, so looking at total farm emissions and emissions intensity. So for the 22-23 financial year, we found that the median total farm emissions for Dairy Farm Monitor was 2,583 tonnes of CO2e per farm. Now, just noting that I've mentioned the median figure, we chose the median figure because it better reflects the profiles of the participating farms this year because we did have one outlier or two outliers. So we didn't want to skew the data. So we're using the median figure there. This year, as Sheena, you mentioned, like the data capture did change slightly. So this might influence how we saw kind of changes in that figure compared to other years. Um, But there was a slight increase in farm emissions compared to the previous year. And this is also partly due to an increase in a few things. So we had an increase in pre-farm emissions. So we mentioned before, pre-farm emissions is kind of things like fertilizer, production of purchased fodder, grain and concentrates. We also saw a slight increase in nitrous oxide emissions. So that's, you know, gases produced from dung or urine, applied fertilizer and effluent ponds. And then also saw a little increase in carbon dioxide emissions from, you know, fossil fuel consumption. So electricity and fuel and fuel from contractors is now included as well. So look, we did see a bit of an increase in those three sources. And then another influencing factor could have been, you know, the softening of fertilizer prices, you know, which is likely to have impacted on, you know, the increase in fertilizer use compared to the 21, 22 year. But, you know, this was still lower than previous years. And I think this is largely due, you know, we had still wet seasonal conditions across the state. So yeah, it was quite interesting to see this slight changes in the trends or the differences from the previous year there with total farm emissions. Yeah, and I guess if we look at it more broadly, I think context is always important. And you've mentioned wet years. So the the previous year, um, ridiculously, we've had a number of extremely wet years, which has impacted quite a few things. Um, People's ability to put fertiliser on pastures, obviously, but also ability to get on pastures and, and graze or harvest, you know, silage. So that has resulted in farmers having to purchase more fodder to bring on farms. So that's going to, you know, there's going to be a, an upward trend slightly as, as a result of that. I think the fertiliser usage, you, you've mentioned it's, um, it was low compared to previous years. It was up, as you've said, on the 22 financial year, but it's still usage was slightly lower than the previous years. Again, it's sort of dealing with the 
the seasonal conditions at the time. So seasonal conditions will certainly impact what inputs are being used on farm and therefore what your emissions are going to be on farm. Absolutely. Yep. From year to year, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So we see um, in the report, we've got a graph that shows our emissions intensity from the 18-19 year to the current 22-23 year. And if we look at that graph, we see essentially a declining trend in emissions intensity for New South Wales farm monitor farms from 1.01 tonnes of carbon dioxide equivalents to 0.99 tonne of carbon dioxide equivalents in 22-23. Any thoughts around that decline, what's contributing to this trend more broadly? I guess seeing that figure of 0.99 really kind of fits in line with what we expect or what we've kind of seen with the national average. Yeah, the median figure being yeah 0.99 tonnes of CO2e per tonne of fat and protein corrected milk. And like you said, it has declined slightly. And I think some of this would have to do with the changes in methodology too. But also, you know, I would hopefully also like to, to think too, as this is due to changes in farm management and driving efficiency that we're seeing on farm across the board. I mean, and, and ideally we're trying to drive this number down, which I mentioned before, to kind of help reach those targets that we're trying to achieve for the Australian dairy industry. And I think hopefully over time we'll, we will continue to see a slight reduction in, in that emissions intensity figure too, depending on the changes in farm practices and different things that we can do on farm to reduce emissions. But yeah, I think from a national perspective, yeah, it really kind of fits in line with what we're seeing mm. commonly. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And I think, you know, it's important to note, that we do see a wide range still within our farm monitor cohort mm. of farms in terms of emissions per farm and emissions intensity per farm. So, you know, we've already mentioned some of the key areas that will impact this, but, you know, we've got inputs, but also things like, you know, good reproductive performance and efficient cows. So it really highlights it's a complex area and there's lots of levers to pull that will impact your emissions profile. What are your sort of thoughts uh, to leave listeners with around this space? Yeah, thanks, Sheena. I think, you know, also going back to the, the previous episode with Aaron and Blake, and it touches on a lot of practical key things that we can be focusing on. But I think the key points that I kind of take away from this space at the moment is, sure, there's a lot of information out there and a lot of interest is generated and we're hearing lots of different things from different sources. But I think it's just important for farmers, particularly to keep in mind that industry is there to help support them with this, with understanding their figures more and what what research and what things are actually commercially available or also what are the common easier to adopt best practice things that you can do now to reduce your emissions. So I think you're not alone to navigate this space and there's a lot of really, um, yeah, really well-versed service providers in this space now. And I think it's just ensuring that you're going to reliable, unbiased sources of information too, mm. particularly when we're talking around carbon sequestration projects and that kind of thing as well. So I think just do a bit of research and, you know, myself or Aaron or Blake and the team are here if anyone wants any further information. So we've mentioned a lot of kind of the average figures. The trends are useful, but it's really important to know your own numbers. And I think when you actually do your own calculations through the ADCC or Dairy Base or, you know, signing up to DFMP, you can actually then get your own figure. And I think, I mean, for me with anything, if you're doing it yourself, and you're doing the numbers on your own business, then it makes a lot more sense to you. And then you can actually ask the questions or you can play around with the figures to say, all right, well, what happens if I do put solar in in the dairy? Like, how does that actually impact your number and by how much? So things like that you can actually do. And then once you know your number, then you can help inform what decision making is out there. With all the practical strategies that are out there, there is no one single silver bullet, but there are a range of different 
options out there and some are actually commercially available now, some are emerging, but it's it's actually putting in perspective of what's economically viable mm. for the business and makes good business sense for you. And that's, I still think, a bit of the gap of where we're sitting now with the dairy industry. But I think by starting with doing the baseline is just helping us prepare for, you know, for the future and what's to come in terms of what we can practically do on farms. So I think that's my kind of key takeaways for now, I think, Sheena. Yeah, that's excellent. And I think, you know, you sort of spoke about some of the the schemes out there being, shall we say, sold to, to farmers mm. and, you know, mentioning that there there are there can be risks with some of those. So definitely the previous podcast that you did uh, with Aaron and Blake sort of addresses some of the risks to those as well. So I think, yeah, that's all excellent points. Um, thank you very much for your time and your insights into this space today, Zita. It's been fantastic to have you on the show as usual. No, thanks a lot, Sheena. Always good to be here and look forward to the next one. <laughs> thanks very much. Thank you for listening to this month's podcast, brought to you with support from the Hunter Local Land Services. The show notes contain links to resources mentioned throughout the podcast, including the New South Wales Dairy Farm Monitor Annual Report, a link to the Australian Dairy Carbon Calculator, and a link to our previous episode titled Dairy Carbon Emissions, What Does It All Mean? Thanks for listening.